In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. It's the most wonderful time of the year with Chris Jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. I don't, you know, that's the one thing that'll put me in bad cheer. Is is, and I don't even know if that's a a word, but is someone telling me to be of good cheer? Bad. Let me just get there naturally. Bad cheer is an oxymoron. (laughs) I like it. Well, we are in good cheer because uh, we are stepping into the month of December. Of course, we are counting down the days to Christmas. Are the lights up at the house? Partially. The Christmas tree out. My neighbors love it because I have this half done uh, display around my my porch in my yard. Got some it, time. It'll stay that way until mid-December. Yeah, like then we'll kick it in. Nativity scene. It's just like Joseph and Mary. It's just a donkey, like, really. Okay, All just I a have, and so it's, a, it's a live one, okay. which always <laughs> throws neighbors keep it, off. Keep it on the leash, please. Uh, I see that you. It's Championship Week, and you're yes. you're paying homage. Yes, too. If you and for our. A video audience, our visual audience, you may say, oh, Trojans. Cato's a big yeah, USC big homer. Yeah. Look, yeah, but yeah, now okay. let me extend this a little. Oh, boy. Look what we've got. The true Trojans, the men of Troy, Troy University, my alma mater, playing in that Sunbelt Championship game playing against Coastal belt. Carolina. Oh, man, this is a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. It's been a long time since they won one, since my Trojans won one. You know, App State kind of took over the Sunbelt for a while, but Troy has won nine in a row ever since losing on that walk-off Hail Mary to App State, and they're in a good position here. In a great spot. I've, I've been to uh, that campus. Back when I was in college, I was traveling through, and uh, we stopped in Troy, Alabama, and I went to, I believe it was a uh, an establishment, a watering hole called the Front Porch. Yes, there are only two bars. And okay, that's, well, I'm that's glad one I got one of them, if, yeah. I, if I missed the Front Porch. And you know what? When I, when I got in there, you know what song was being played by a live band? Sweet, Sweet Home Boy. Alabama. I, I, I kid you not. It was just, it was iconic. So uh, yeah. there we go. All right. I'm Sweet. glad you left your mark on my alma mater. A yeah. lot of people don't really travel through Troy. I wonder, you had a bad uh, a GPS yeah. or something back was, in the day? It was pre-GPS. <laughs> okay. It was yeah. the, the Waze app or whatever. Yeah, no, I know. Sidetrack. Yeah, we were on our way down to uh, Florida, actually, for a little spring break. A little so, spring break. Uh, speaking of spring break, let's bring in Brian King the in the king booth. of spring break. He, he is. Yeah. I mean, this guy, party animal back in the day, and... Uh, uh, now that's why he's so reserved these days. Many a wet polo shirt contest he won. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> I said polo shirt, it's, not t-shirt. I made you sound more <clears throat> respectful. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Brian, with yes. that, uh, welcome on in. And uh, we, we apologize, but uh, no. we, have a big, we have a big show. And it, we're going to be a, talking a lot of college football. It's a great show, yes. We've got Gus Johnson. Oh, man. Could be the voice of uh, college football, college basketball. For me, he is. I think so. He he, uh, he will be joining us. He'll be calling the Big Ten Championship game this Saturday night and gives his insights on how this college playoff should shape up, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's got that, he's just this ability. Like, every play is huge. Like, you're in the kitchen making a snack. You hear Gus, like, just going off about something. You pop your head in, and then you find out, oh, the running back made two yards. <laughs> but it does make it, it makes it all really exciting. Yeah, well, I like that. I mean, I think it draws the viewer in. And, you know, it really, for, for the, the team of rooting interest, you know, when he's on the call for a touchdown for your team, yeah. man, that touchdown never tasted so good, right? You love it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay, so we got a little Gus, uh, and I know we're going to be hitting college football pretty hard today, uh, but we are like in the middle of World Cup season. Is that fair to, is it fair to call it that? The most so, wonderful time of the year. Yeah, like like Scott does not know. Nonstop World Cup with non-stop. Scott around the office there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that uh, tongue in cheek? Okay. No, you I love see where you come. You know, you threw it all off with the with the wet polo <laughs> t-shirt contest. No. It's highly it, inappropriate. And now we got a salty BK for the rest now, of the show. Now this is what we have to deal he's, with. He's looking no. to land some haze. No. Okay. No, well, hey, 
I'm going to test your knowledge with a World Cup slash geography quiz. Oh, this should be Oh, no. Why did <laughs> he have to throw the slash Why geography? Why did he throw the geography wheelhouses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll do that at the end of the show, see how well you know the World Cup and the countries that are playing in it. Oh, now, boy. Now, geography, that's uh, the study of minerals and rocks. That's that <laughs> you're off to a good start. Okay, all right, I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, okay. right now we're own. trying to find where Troy is located on my the map. Old science so. My nephew actually attends Troy right now. A well, fellow, does he? Fellow yes. Trojan. Why yes. don't you get his name out there so everybody? Can. Chandler King. Chandler King. Chandler. Yeah. Is he going to be at the big game? It's uh, Troy's hosting it. You know. Yes, he'll be there. He's he went to every game except there was one game he didn't go to. The one they lost. Yeah. Probably. No, but he was at the. Uh, yeah. So he's a proud. Trojan. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I hope his degree does for him what mine has done for me, and he gets stuck on a podcast <laughs> in, stuck. in 20 years. I don't, I, I, this is not stuck. I mean, honored. This honored is, to be yes. on a podcast. This is the royal seat, my no friend. No off days, Chandler. Just no. remember that. Yeah, You'll yeah. get none after you graduate, none. so enjoy it. If you want to be the best, there are no off days, <laughs> as we know at this point. All right. Very good, BK. Thank you so much. We'll check in with Thanks you so a little much. bit later. Uh, if you are listening you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. And if you're watching and you'd like to listen and subscribe, we would encourage that. All you need to do is point the camera of your smartphone at that QR code. It's in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, and that will take you um, – It'll take you caroling along your merry way, the streets of Nod, and uh, you can you can click listen there. All the shows are there, and uh, we hope that it will put you in good cheer. If not, at the very least, it's like Grandma's Fruitcake. You know, it's reliable. We're there. I don't know if you're going to consume it, but, right. you know, just... It's there. It's it, nutty, and it's solid, and you should have a slice. <laughs> what just, kind of the, the candies that are inside those things? Uh, we don't like those things, do we? Yeah. Have you had one, though? There, there's some that are kind of soaked in some goo that's good. <laughs> Here we go with goo, goo again, just it's, like the have, pecan pie. We have pie. common themes. But Pitbull, Alabama, <laughs> and goo. That's, yes. That's we what, can't get away from it. You mentioned caroling. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had someone show up at your house caroling? No, I would love that. I yeah, would love that. I, I actually. picture you as the kind of guy that goes caroling. My wife uh, wrangles me every once in a while to do it. You she, know? Really? You yeah. guys? Okay. People we've still done do it, that. We've done it before. Yeah. Are people shocked when the famous Scott Smith shows up belting out, oh, come all ye faithful? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope that they're shocked. Yeah. A little surprised. <laughs> Is it just because you're wearing mistletoe <laughs> I when think you show up? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, I'm wearing the uh, cu- the Uncle Eddie, uh, the the dickie yeah. under the, t- the turtleneck there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, as mentioned, uh, World Cup fever is uh, is running hot and heavy right now. Team USA out of group play. This was to be expected, Chris. Uh, but fans getting riled up, and uh, they're excited to see this young team as we kind of learn about them as we go because not many people are, are super familiar with, you know, with – with international soccer and the stars that are on this team, but they're they're learning quickly. Um, but uh, I, I love how it kind of runs in stark contrast to what we just came out of, which was political season. This is kind of like a, a solve for the nation a little bit. Yeah, right? it feels like the Olympics, right? Like we may not know who is on, you know, the U.S. Olympic hockey team, but it's our country. We're going to get fired up and support them. I feel, and I, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, um, sometimes I feel a little fake because I'm not a huge soccer fan. But oh, I thought st- it was because of the makeup you wear. <laughs> <laughs> You're glad I put it on this week. I didn't put it on last week, and uh-huh. we got our lowest ratings ever. Um, no, I, I feel like I'm just trying, you know, yeah. like it's it's my country, so I don't, I, I didn't grow up with soccer on all the time, but you still want to get behind your country and cheer them on, right? And you're proud of these guys, and, and hopefully you do learn some names uh, yeah. as you go along and develop some heroes, right? Well, you know, that's always kind of the question when I when I see folks gathering for these 2 o'clock kickoffs or, you know, Saturday it's a 10 a.m. kickoff. It, 
you know, are these are these real soccer fans? Do they really know it, or are these just folks that are looking for an excuse on a middle of the day on a Tuesday to kind of skip work and, and go hang out? Well, there's the nothing wrong with that. First of all, <laughs> it's a great well, excuse. That I mean, and that's part of it. But you mentioned kind of what would it require to have kind of sustained growth? To you know, it's never gonna, in my opinion, ever reach the heights of football, college, or NFL. You know, even even baseball as kind of a national pastime, but I, I do think that it can make some inroads. But I think what it would require is sustained success. I mean, yeah. you can't have a team that misses out on qualifying one year and then comes back the you know four years later and it's an entirely new team. And I think this is a, a good opportunity because right now you have a young group of players. They are kind of pointed toward the future. Of course, you know, with with the World Cup coming to North America the next go round in 2026. I mean, this is a real opportunity for this team to go out and compete and they, and they could do it this year as well. But I think that you have to string maybe, you know, two or three world cups together with a consistent group of guys for it to really rally support. Then these guys become, you know, everybody knows Christian Pulisic, but you know, all the other guys on this team will become household names by then. And I would venture to say that a lot of us didn't know the name Christian Pulisic uh, two months ago. Right. So we kind of studied up and, and we, we've, kind of enjoyed seeing him play and it's interesting that the u.s women's national team has done exactly what you're talking about in the past you yes. know they had such sustained success that you know brandy chastain carly lloyd megan rapino become kind of household names and you kind of know what you're getting when you turn on the tv and you you see that team playing well, so and it I, comes I down it, to success on, on the pitch right yeah. like if they can buoy that into you know becoming a national story outside of the games themselves that's exactly what the women's team did and those team that team held together for years and, and they were you know they were very good and so that's what this men's team can do and and should do if if we want to see you know a little bit more familiarity with, right. with the national team, right? Yeah, exactly. It, you know, to reach the level of passion that it carries, that football carries in England or Europe, I should say, and, and South America, probably never going to achieve that yeah. in the United States because we have... We're a country of distraction. We are. Yeah. <laughs> because we have cornhole. No, because we have so many other pickleball sports. Yeah. Yeah, pickleball's getting big. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, honestly, it's what you grow up with, right? And so if your mom and dad are huge football or basketball fans or baseball fans, you're going to naturally gravitate toward that. And we sure. mainly we live in a, in a football country here in the United States. Yeah. But that's not to say there isn't room for soccer to make some inroads and grow like golf did, you know, when, when the, when Tiger Woods took it to another level. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you're, I think your parallel to college football is something like, you know, my grandpa went to Notre Dame, my dad went to Notre Dame and my name is Rudy Rudiger and I'm ready to play. No, but I think it's like, it's that it's, you're not just rooting for a team, Yeah. you know? So right now you're rooting for kind of patriotism. You're rooting for the red, white, and blue, but you know, what makes that passion really entrenched is is when you're kind of like it's a lineage it's it's a family thing that's been passed mm -hmm. down they represent your city you know your locale it hits a little bit closer to home so but I, all that being said i think that it's an exciting time for us men's soccer and uh we hope that this world cup run uh, goes a long long way yes but the king right now is college football and uh, we have hit championship week chris so uh we have Four teams that are currently set for that playoff, and um, and they are all poised to be potentially knocked off this weekend. Whether that happens or not, we're not sure. But uh, but you know, if everything holds pat, I mean, you're looking at your top four teams being Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and then USC. 
as long as they can win this weekend. Uh, or not. I believe that this weekend should really be about seeding. I, I don't think if any of these teams lose that they should fall out of that top four because of the way that the season is. Because these aren't has, real games? or No, these are real games. Okay. It's for a conference championship, which is, of course, very important to the te- those teams and their fans that are playing for that conference title. That will always be important. But this season, in terms of its impact on the national championship picture, this weekend is almost meaningless, I believe, because I think these four have should not be punished for playing an extra game against a good team while someone, possibly in Ohio State, sits at home and rests up and hopes to sneak in. But it's not about punishing or rewarding. It's about finding the right team, right? It's about it's about the team that is most deserving. And so okay. if you throw an extra roadblock in the way, the best team is going to still overcome that roadblock, right? So it's one more game. It's a privilege to be able to play in this. It's, it's a privilege to be able to play for a conference championship. I do th- still think it carries a lot of meaning. But, I mean, it's a, it's a, we're looking at a comprehensive resume of a team. If you lose, whether that's an extra game that another team didn't have, I mean, because you can go down everybody's uh, schedule and say, well, this is a really light roster or, or schedule of teams. that You know, they filled their cupcake week with, you know, Mercer or some team that is an obvious victory. So the, the bottom line is whatever your, your lot is, like you have to – Prove that you are the best team. This is okay. another opportunity to, to for it to be proven. Why? And I do think if 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 a USC goes down, if a TCU goes down, I think that opens the door uh, for Ohio State to creep in. It probably will, but it shouldn't, unless those are extremely ugly losses and USC and TCU lose like their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. I could see them, the committee, saying, "Okay, if they get blown out by 21 points, but still." Eve, what you just did there was uh, you tried to apply logic to college football, and there is no lot. So let's do this exercise. If the committee right now says, TCU and USC, we believe you're worthy of being in the top four, why should they have to go and prove it one more time, as you said? Why should they have, why should they have to why, play why, for the conference championship? Why should they have one more, you used the word obstacle, put in their path. If they're worthy now, what makes them less worthy if they have this one more obstacle and don't get across that hurdle? What makes them less worthy would be a loss, right? So it's another opportunity. I look at these as opportunities really more than like, do I have to go out and play? I mean, they, they have an opportunity to go win a conference championship, which says a lot about your program. It's something that every coach, whether they win the national title or not, if they're Pac-12 champs, if they're Big 12 champs, like, they're going to be boasting this. This will be part of their recruiting yes, we effort. Yes, agree. In the conference championships are important. But they it, playing for one and putting it on the line again should not get you out of the top four when there's a team sitting at home that doesn't well, have to what face are that you, obstacle. What are you trying to figure out? Well, every, at the end of the year, what are you trying, trying to figure out? The, well, the committee's job is to get the four best four teams. Four best teams. Okay. Right. And I would say if you are uh, one of the four teams that has advanced, survived in advance, especially in TCU's case, when knowing they don't have the brand recognition that these other programs do, they've been surviving and advancing since week six, knowing that if they take one loss, they're not going to be considered for that playoff. So I feel like... But take take your team, Alabama, not Troy, sorry, the, yeah. your other team. Uh, if you take if you take Alabama and you look at their schedule, the games that they lost, the margin of that loss, the the quality of the conference that they're in, do you feel like that stacked up against a TCU? The bottom line is, at the end of the day, we have to gauge them on the resume that they have put forward. Mm-hmm. 
we, we it's never going to be comparing apples to apples. You cannot compare a TCU and their schedule to, you know, the schedule that a, a Georgia or, you know, any other team really in the SEC has gone through. Well, it's, I, it's not exactly the same. So, I mean, that is that's just part of it. So sit, sitting here saying, well, one more game is the equivalent in my mind of saying, well, but how, how can you, you need you to go look prove at these other again. conferences? Yeah, you need to go prove it, TCU, yeah, you because your it. best wins are over Kansas State, number 10, and Texas, number 20. They have better wins than Alabama. I don't think Alabama is the example you want to use there. But the, the point is, I'm saying that if you compare a strength of schedule, like it, it's never oh, going to be go. the same strength of schedule. I no, but I mean, that's some of these metrics that that is. But that but that is what you're talking about. That is what when you're talking about having to play an extra week, you're talking about adding to the strength of schedule. But so, why should they have to add to their strength of schedule when they've gone through this already? This so you gauntlet? think that conference championship week should simply be a pass? Like, no, no. Whatever, every whatever the different. result is, no, this season's different. We've had seasons where you had to make a choice because let's go back to when Penn State had had two ugly blowout losses at home to Iowa and Purdue. Won the Big Ten championship in 2017. Bama didn't play for its conference championship, but had one loss, and you were left comparing those two. Uh, the choice was that Alabama's resume was better, and so this season's different. Though this season, these four teams have gone through the gauntlet. They, the teams that are on the outside looking in, don't have. I believe Ohio State has an argument. Alabama doesn't. I, I, I don't think that Alabama does either. I think that Ohio State is the only team that can step in if one of those two teams, TCU or USC, loses. And I, again, for TCU, I think it would have to be it would pr have to be a pretty sizable loss. For USC, I think they lose and, and they have two losses on their resume to the same team. I think that they're out. Okay. I, I mean, I, I just think that that's. I think, unfortunately, that is the case. Okay, so we have so, conference so, championships. So Ohio State would I don't go know in. how else to level the field to where every team plays the exact same and then still give importance and value to conferences. But this is the problem. This is part of the push that is going on in college football is to devalue the conference. It's to devalue the kind of the locality of what you're playing in. That's why you're having these mega conferences yeah. that's, you know, it's going to be you know they're going to be an entity unto themselves outside of the NCAA grasp and I think that that is I think it the, there's a value in winning your conference the reality for a team like TCU or USC is that may be as good as it gets and you know what they, they may not have a chance against a team like Georgia that seems like they have the inside track and they're going to take out whoever gets in their way but I think that the this week is important I think teams still have to prove it it's, it's not that you have to play a conference championship game. It's that you get to. And this is a great opportunity for them to go out and bolster their case once again. Well, and, and if USC goes out and, and thumps Utah and TCU just squeaks by Kansas State, then, then maybe they – Maybe they move up. Flip-flop. They yeah. are in the And now they, now they have a game against Michigan rather than a game against Georgia in round one of the semifinal. And so I think that there is a lot of value, a lot of Well, that's what I said in the place. beginning. They should be playing for seeding. That's all these four teams should be doing is playing for seeding. You've well, got your four. Now you've got a five seeding. seed that has a case. So well, I don't think they all do. All right. Um, let's, you move, know, let's move on. This no, okay. is, what, do you, what do you have? One well, more. I just wanted to say that I think what would make these championship games even more meaningful is when we do get to the 12-team playoff, then you have teams that are playing in these 
conference championship games like North Carolina that are maybe just on the outside right now that could, if they beat Clemson, maybe they have an argument for getting in to a 12-team playoff. Yeah, I think you're still going to come up with the same type of issues just with a wider net when you go to a 12-team. And I'm for it. You know I'm for it. I would go for beyond 12 teams because I love the playoff format. I think it's the best way to determine a champion, and it's the best viewing. It's the best experience for fans because you're getting good on good, and it only gets better. And so I I love that, and I I think a 12-team playoff, in fact, uh, the good folks over at Sports Illustrated put out their little – what, what it would look like this year if they had a 12-team playoff. And you got opening round games, 8-9 seed. You got Penn State-Clemson. 5-12 would be Ohio State-Tulane as the as the lower of the, the group of five schools, the highest ranked. Uh, you got Tennessee-Kansas State right out of the gates. Alabama and Utah. Oh. So I, I think that they're, yeah, now you're in That's intrigued, a good one, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that one played on, those are played on campus. The, I, believe, in this, I in believe that's, that, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And then you have first round buys for, for all the top four teams. And, and those those second round games are, I mean, those are really tantalizing. So I just had I, a, I love I love 12 teams. I can't wait for it to get here. But I think that the point that you're making is still going to be an issue because you're still going to, unless you want to draw up a plan to where you just completely eliminate conference championship games it's still gonna it's still gonna have an effect it's still gonna have an impact we're talking we're gonna be talking about those teams that are you know 10 11 12 13 14 sure the the argument will shift just as we do with march madness and it's who's you know number 69 and 70 on the outside looking at all right can we talk a little of the coaching search because uh, some of these jobs have now filled up and i want to get your thoughts on what you think the best hire has been to this point so i'll do a quick recap uh hugh freeze to auburn luke fickle to wisconsin rat rule to nebraska uh kenny dillingham the oc from oregon taking the arizona state job and trent dilfer Pulling a oh. Jeff Saturday playbook, high school coaching experience takes the job at UAB. Uh, so those are the jobs that are filled. The jobs to this point, as we tape this show, that have not yet been filled. Uh, we still have uh, Georgia Tech, Colorado, Stanford, USF, Cincinnati, FAU. I might be missing some, but I believe that's that's kind of uh, your wide yeah. swath. So of the jobs that have been filled, what do you think is the most home run of a hire? Uh, I'll go in. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on the Trent Dilfer hire yet. Let's wait and see at hey, UAB. Hey, look, I, I did a, a little a little research. <laughs> I'm sure you did. UAB is going to bring back a lot of seniors this yeah. this next well, year. Well, it's been and, a good program. Well, and, uh, they went six and six this year. Yeah. I think they have a chance. And to they're do moving it. to the American Conference. Doing right? the American That's Conference. Yep. All right, so I'll go in reverse order here of, of how I think the big splashy hires over the last weekend were. So I've got in the three slot Matt Rule to Nebraska. Yes, he's a builder. He's proven that at Temple and Baylor. The question is, at Nebraska, to have success, can you get great players? They haven't had a great player since Indomitian Sue was wiping quarterbacks off of his cleats. So that will be the telltale there. But, wow, what a sweet deal he got. Eight years, $9 million a year. That's uh, I think they paid for his Carolina a buyout as well. Yeah. Uh, so I don't like the economic terms of that one as much. What happens if he flames out in three or four years? But anyway, in the number two hole, I'll go Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. Didn't see that coming. I think that's a great hire. He's a Midwestern guy. Uh, he knows how to recruit the area, and he knows how to play that kind of smash-mouth football that Wisconsin has such an identity with through the Barry Alvarez years. And I think the best hire, the best fit is Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Uh, he's done it before in the conference. He knows the conference. He knows how it works. He knows how to recruit there. Some of the things he got in trouble for through the NCAA recruiting-wise are now legal. So, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that. 
some. as much. Yes, some, 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 of, some of the things. Some. Uh, and he's most importantly for the Auburn fan base, two. That's the only number you need to know. Two times he beat Nick Saban. So I, I think that's a slam dunk hire by Auburn as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think that uh, the Hugh Freeze hire will reap the quickest rewards. I think he's going to jump right into SEC uh, recruiting, and I think he's going to start winning. And I see that this Auburn team, I mean, I, I think they'll be n- nationally prominent once again within the next year or two. Do you think he'll beat Saban again? I think he'll beat, Yeah, I mean, sure, but whether that's that to me is is not really the the gauge for success because Alabama's bad now. No, Alabama's very good, but I, I think that that ultimately rising up in the SEC will take a guy that knows how to do it, like a Hugh Freeze. And I think a home run hire. I know a little bit of a shady past. He seems to have come back hat in hand, kind of used that time at Liberty to take a program that was nothing and, and that made them a national team. Yeah cracking those top 25 so uh i think it's going to be a home run higher and i think he's going to reap the quickest rewards the one i'm most intrigued by though is matt rule yeah and how that's going to work at nebraska i mean they have not had a winning season since 2016 they have not won their conference since 1999 this is a team that was a powerhouse oh i mean they national titles under tom osborne in the 90s and in the 80s perennial power and it is it's it's a sad indictment of where they are Bo Pelini they would cry for Bo Pelini should right have now. never fired him I mean his worst season was nine and four he took him to a bowl game every year yeah. he was he was there for seven years and it was because he didn't meet expectations didn't win the big games how far they have fallen since right. then this I, I think they are still somewhat of a sleeping giant but man Matt Rule has his work cut out for him and if this if any program ever needs a builder it's that program and it's right now. So we shall see. I mean, I think that his reputation tarnished a little bit about what happened in the NFL. But we've seen coaches that have tried the NFL and it just didn't work. And I think that Matt Rule is going to be he's a quality college football coach and a quality recruiter. And so I'm really intrigued to see what he does in Lincoln. And with the transfer portal, more things are possible now when oh, it turns to quickly building. And to your point, Luke Fickle is a great hire at Wisconsin, too. And I think probably the, the one of the more intriguing openings that's out there is the job he leaves behind at Cincinnati. They move into the Big 12 now, and uh, I think that Cincinnati could be a, a, a really – I mean, that's a riser program for sure. I yeah. mean, they've been, they've been on that trajectory for a while now, but now I think it's a really interesting job. Don't you hate, though, how the calendar has kind of forced coaches – maybe didn't force, but they've – they walk away like as their teams are still playing in the season. Like, I don't know. But, that but, always kind of Yeah, but you say that game's meaningless anyway, right? The conference championship <laughs> game? It is this season. Oh, Cincinnati's not in their conference championship game. Uh, yeah, well. But I've said when, when he announced, you know, they, they just lost to Tulane. It, it's a distraction is all I'm saying. Yeah, a lot of distractions. All right. What do you say we talk about it a little bit more? <laughs> Why not? Well, our guest is one of the most unmistakable play-by-play voices in the business, and he is the man here at Fox. We welcome in Gus Johnson. Gus, happy December. I trust that your Christmas shopping is all out of the way um, and that you are probably in line Black Friday, 4 a.m. Is this correct? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Heavy started. I got so much to do. I'm a last-minute guy, though, so I'll get out there and get my – my family some stuff looks, looks like you're still in the hotel are we are we having waffles yet <laughs> yeah you know we gotta have some waffles man as soon as i get off with you guys i'm going to eat some waffles at this uh at hampton inn uh it's quality quality service you know you get to a hampton by hilton and you go in there and you you got a great great modernized room you get some rest get up in the morning get yourself some breakfast and 
eggs and bacon. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bacon <laughs> and uh, some waffles and orange juice and whatnot. And get out and have a great day. And that's what's important. That's why uh, I've developed this relationship with Hampton by Hilton. And it's a, a wonderful experience for you and your family uh, to make sure it's an affordable situation. So uh, HamptonByHilton.com. Check it out when you're traveling during this uh, holiday season. Wow. Okay. Gus, anything that you sign your name to, I'm on board with. Uh, I, I won't miss a game that you're calling. And um, and now it's no coincidence that now my favorite commercial is uh, you in Hampton by Hilton because I'm wa- you can ask anybody around here. I'm, I'm always walking around yelling waffles. Yeah, they, waffles. I mean, you know you what? Go. People want me to work that. People want me to work that into my into a call. I don't know if I would sound crazy. A guy no. who makes a basket and I say waffles. No, I don't know. What about Maybe if what about that. what about if referees are waffling over a call like they can't yeah. quite decide? You know, was it a catch? Yeah, not a well, catch. You're like waffles. Yeah, that's right. Waffles. I don't know, man. We got to figure out a way to work that in. New tagline. Uh, So you were in Columbus last week for the big game and uh, Michigan-Ohio State, a a little bit of a surprising result there. Um, When you look at this Wolverines team as as they are poised to step into the the conference uh, or the the championship playoffs, uh, what what do you see? Do you see a team that, that is poised to potentially knock off a Georgia? No. No, no. All right. There's college football. (laughs) <laughs> no, this and is true. Georgia. This is true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's college football, and then there's Georgia. I love what the Wolverines are doing. I think they've improved. I think they learned a lot from last year's uh, defeat to the Bulldogs in the college football playoffs. But the Bulldogs are the defending national champions. They are rugged. They are physical. They have a system. They are disciplined. And they are clearly the best team in college football. So, like, hold your horses. I know that Michigan was happy about uh, going on the road and defeating Ohio State, a very talented football team. It was a wonderful win for the Wolverines, uh, especially the way they played in the second half. But uh, uh, it's going to be hard to beat the Georgia Bulldogs. From a psychological perspective, they know they're the best, the defending champs. And in order to um, be the champ, you yeah. got to beat the champ, and that's not going to be an easy task. I think the Georgia Bulldogs, when all the dust settles, they are going to be hosting back-to-back national championships this season. Oh, well, let's not go that far down the road, though. Let's talk <laughs> about how this is setting up as we head into conference championship weekend. And hopefully, if Michigan's fortunate, they beat Purdue on Fox on Saturday night, and they don't have to face Georgia in the first round of the playoff. And Perhaps it's that team that they just blew out in the horseshoe, the humiliation in the horseshoe that we all watched, that still has a chance to sneak in there, Gus. How do you see it if TCU or USC should stumble and lose? Does Ohio State have the credentials to sneak in there and get that fourth spot? Well, you know, first of all, TCU and USC are going to have tough games. SC's taking on Utah again this year, and they have one loss, and that loss was to the Utes. Uh, in Salt Lake City. Now they're playing a neutral site game in Vegas, so that's going to be a tough game. Kyle Willihan is a is a wonderful coach. As for TCU, undefeated, you know, they're going to move over, basically play a home game in Dallas uh, from Fort Worth. But Kansas State, they will grind you. They're a tough team. That's going to be a tough game. Ohio State, in a good position. I think that if one of those teams lose, Ohio State will get in there and it's hard to beat a team twice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Is but there, they're going to, if, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry, you go ahead. Is there a conference championship game that you're most leery of this weekend that you think maybe the, the we could be on upset alert for, alert for? Both of those games. Yeah. Kansas State, TCU. It's hard to play undefeated. TCU's going to be tight. Yeah. They got to go out there and play their best game. And Kansas State, there's not a lot to lose, but there's a lot to gain in terms of winning a conference championship. Same thing with USC. USC's defense is not very good. Uh, they were exposed by one team, that's Utah. So I think there's an upset alert for both those mm-hmm. games. Michigan, a little bit better. Um, obviously, Georgia is the best team in America. Gus, as we look ahead, we all want to you know, fast forward and get to the era of the 12-team playoff. And you know that certainly has exciting possibilities. But let's look back at the game you just had, Ohio State and Michigan. 17 million viewers. More people tuned in for that game than did the England-USA match on Friday. If we were in that 12-team era, do you believe there would be as much interest in a game where we would know that both teams are getting into the playoff? I think there's going to always be interest when it comes to college football, and I think what we're doing with college football is just wonderful. This is the evolution of the game. Um, A 12-team playoff, I think, is going to be wonderful. It's just going to be fun. Uh, Other teams will have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and potentially compete for a national championship. The intrigue will be there. Um, I I I just love the direction that we're heading in. Great broadcast networks, you know, conference realignment. Uh, it's all working. Uh, it's all fitting rather like a puzzle. Yeah. And and I can't wait for it to continue to expand. I, I want to see more teams get an opportunity. It's going to make uh, the fan bases have an opportunity to travel or even if fans have a chance to to host a home game. Yeah. It's just going to be wonderful. So I don't I don't find anything wrong with what is happening. It's just going to take some time to figure out, you know, the particulars moving forward. Gus, you mentioned the Trojans real quick. Is, is Caleb Williams inside track? Is it his Heisman to lose? I don't know. J.J. McCarthy, hmm. I think, has hmm. emerged. For me, I'm a Heisman voter. Here's a kid, played his best game of the year in the most important game of the year. I think Caleb Williams, he might be the front runner right now, but C.J. Stroud was the front runner last week. Caleb Williams has to win a big game at a neutral site in a championship game and play well against a tough team. I think he will. Um, I think in the end, he probably will edge out the younger J.J. McCarthy. Well, not the younger, will edge out J.J. McCarthy yeah. because he came on a little bit later. But remember, you got an undefeated team against a team that uh, has one loss, and I think Heisman voters are going to pay attention to that yeah Williams has been amazing Gus before we get you out of here I gotta throw this at you you have this innate ability this signature sound in your voice that makes every play even the most routine quarterback scramble for three yards sound like the game is on the line and it's coming down to this so and I'm embarrassed to say this almost but I've been listening to you broadcast for years Sometimes you're the soundtrack of my mind as I go through the mundane portions of my life, and I'm trying to make these routine things seem a little more exciting. So I'm just going to, please, if you would uh, indulge me here, I would like to uh, lay out a scenario for you. This is this is what I'm doing today, and I want you to give me the play-by-play with this. So here's the scenario. These are the players. It's trash day. I haven't put my trash can on the curb yet. I hear the truck approaching. It's coming down my street. I have my pajamas on. I need to get it to the curb. There's a skateboard in the driveway. Go. Please give me that play-by-play. 
Ah, trash day. Oh, my name's Cato, by the way. My last name's Cato. I need to hear you say that. (laughs) All right. Trash day for Cato. Tell you what, he's got his pajamas on. Walks to the trash. Very, very <laughs> sleepy as he gets up early in the morning. Oh, he slips on a skateboard. Oh, no. Oh, damn. No. Falls on his keister. <laughs> Here comes the ambulance. Oh, no. He's done for the day. Oh. Somebody call his wife. Oh, no. Why didn't I see that skateboard? <laughs> take wow. out the trash. Right. The great Gus Johnson, go. he can call, take out, out the trash. You owe me $20 for that, though. Yeah, no, for sure. Put it on my. Put it on my Hampton bill. <laughs> very uh, good. All right. Right, very good. Gus Johnson, thanks for time this morning. And, uh, right, of course, guys. check out Hampton by Hilton. Thank you so much. That's quality. That was nice, of, nice of him to I, do. You've never taken out the trash with such eloquence and excitement, actually. It's going to be so exciting the next time I do it and <laughs> none of this happens. Look out for that skateboard, yeah. Ben. Chris, I'm ready for bre- for some breakfast now. All right, are you ready? So, one, I need the waffle, you know, the batter that you go to at, Just the, at the Hampton Inn, the yeah. batter machine. You fill the cup up. I need that in my home. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a quality piece of uh, – not not many people use their waffle iron. I mean, I think a lot of people have one. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of sits there. I think we should bring that out. I know? just want to drink the raw batter, I believe. Okay, that's kind of you're gross. looking – as you're adding up your Cato Christmas list, this is one thing you can put on Just it. waffle the, batter. The batter machine. Okay. All right, we'll put it in a Gatorade bottle for you. You can <laughs> squirt it on in. All right, here we go. Let's squirt BK on in. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we doing? Brian, uh, welcome back in. Uh, did you enjoy Gus? We enjoyed Gus. Gus was cool. Yeah. Gus yeah. was really cool. He's always funny. I love the uh, I love the trash can story. Yeah. Do you feel sometimes, <laughs> Brian, do you hear Gus's voice in your mind as you're making the kids lunches and you're wondering if you like just gave peanut butter to the kid who has the peanut allergy to you? <laughs> do you hear Gus kind of cheering you on and saying Bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> King anaphylactic shock oh cut the crust off yeah all right so let's talk a little world cup here uh i'm looking forward to this quiz i feel really good i've been studying up on minerals and rocks and i'm ready to have you fire one at me here's what we're gonna do there's 32 teams in the world cup yeah next year it's going to expand they're explaining their playoffs i'm rolling in the next world cup to 48 so anyway uh what i'm gonna do is give you a question about the the country and you tell me what the World Cup team is. But I'll give you a little hint. I'll show you a picture of this country, okay? So you'll you know. You can look at the, ma- the map and see what country it is, and you'll know the answer. Is okay? it a picture of something famous in the country, like no. the Eiffel Tower? I think it's we're th- just going to have to play the game to figure this just, out. Let's just do it. All right, here <laughs> we go. Okay, we're going to start off. This could start off with an easy one here. This country's defending World Cup champions. It's the most visited country in the world and once had a king whose monarchy lasted 20 minutes. Shorter than this podcast. Well, that would be... Uh, uh, Come on, y'all know this. King Gilbert, and uh, his reign was, yeah, what, 20 minutes, you said? Yeah. yeah. I wonder what happened to him. Taxation without representation. Plague. Not very good. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say France. It looks like Michigan to me, but I, I will also, say, I will also France. say France. And France is correct. Good job. All right. There you go. Next up, this country is playing in its eighth World Cup, including the last six straight. Oh, it's a skinny one. This team's nickname is the the team itself has a nickname. We should do a story on these because all these teams got cool nicknames. Their nickname is the Selection of the Kinas, which I think is kind of okay. cool. Has a player who scored in five World Cups. It's the first player ever to do that. Can you name this country? I'm gonna go Portugal. 
Wow, man. I also would say, just based on your pronunciation of Kinas. Did I miss? I, I would, no, I don't know. Try. Don't ask me. I'd say Portugal as well, and that player would be Ronaldo that you referenced. Yeah. Good job, me. man. Wow, yeah. man. You thought I, you were going like to stop California us. for a little bit. Um, it just didn't have the same tilt. Yeah. Okay. Portugal. All right, here we go. I got to get tougher here. Mm -hmm. This yeah. country is the southernmost country playing in the World Cup. Mm. Beat the United States the only time the U.S. made the World Cup semifinals and currently has probably the most popular player in the world. I know this one. Do you want oh to go Oh, my first? goodness. Y'all know these. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Ivory Coast. No. Um, Guatemala. <laughs> Guatemala. <laughs> I think Guatemala is landlocked. I think as you go around that southern... How do you know that this one's not landlocked? I can tell you what this is. It's in South America, and as you go around that southern tip there, you, you would be going through this... Uh, you'll be going to um, Antarctica, right? Uh, so this is... So uh, is this that is, your guess? This is Argentina. Let's see it. Boom. Give me Argentina. There you go. Oh, look at that. Come on. Okay. I thought it was bigger than that. <laughs> I probably had it scaled wrong. Oh, okay, that's, Michigan. Now, that's Michigan. That's Michigan, sure. Michigan yeah, finally. The, yeah, the this UP. country's playing in its eighth World Cup. Now, this team has the best nickname of all the teams, I think, in the tournament. It's called the Indomitable Lions, this yeah. team. England. They are from the first team from Africa to yeah. make it to the like quarterfinals. I, like oh. I said, Senegal. <laughs> uh, did you say their nickname again? Did you say the Abominable the Lions? The Indomitable Oh, indomitable yeah. lines. That's a hard one for me to say. Um, Ab abdominal. They have really good core strength. You said it's in Africa. I don't know any other country that's in the World Cup from Africa other than Senegal. So, I'll Oh, is it DR Congo? <laughs> no. I wonder they Senegal okay. uh, as well. What is, is it? Let's see it. We're both saying Senegal. It's not Senegal. It's Cameroon. Ah, Cameroon. Yeah. They're the indomitable lions. Okay. You want a bonus one real quick? Give me bonus. What country in the World Cup has the largest amount of coastline? Um, currently in the World Cup? Yeah. Well, as of taping, they just got eliminated. Can we have a shape, no. or would that give it away? Uh, the shape would give it away. Oh. It's perfectly round. It's, <laughs> it's spherical. It's Michigan with the coastline of the Great Lakes. Uh, it, Australia. Australia? Cato? Yeah. Is that what you're going with? Uh, it makes sense. It's surrounded by, um... You know what? Let's let's just think outside the box here. Let yeah. me run down some of these other oh boy. countries <laughs> that aren't coastline. landlocked. Well, Argentina we just saw had a huge coastline. Um, yeah, it probably is Australia. Is it Australia? Show it. No, it's Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Yeah, all these little lakes and inlets and stuff oh, like that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, see, now I wasn't considering the lakes. I thought you meant habitable coastline. No one can yes. live up there where those, what is that, the ice caps? Always, it's a coastline. Always stipulations here. I rich, said. rich fishing territory. I'm oh, sure. So there you go. A great national anthem. You said Canada was eliminated, though. They got eliminated from the World Cup. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. Do they have a nickname? Uh, the Maple Leafs. The Mighty Maples. What they did, I can't, can't recall it. Well, it's, I guess it's up to the U.S. now to carry the banner for North America, right? I got a pop quiz for you. Go ahead. Uh, who is holding up the globe on the uh, world on the World Cup trophy? The what is holding up? What is holding up? Yes, it's two soccer players. Exactly. Is it uh, the hand of God? Is it Maradona? It's holding not, it up? No, it's not Maradona, but it's two soccer players. There you go. Yeah. Someone, is it hollow? I, I haven't looked solid? at this. I have not looked at this trophy. Let me look at this trophy. Well, oh, we, that, you know what? It's not a cup. It's not a cup. It's not a cup. Why isn't it a cup? It should be a cup. 
I mean, it is the World Cup. It should be the best cup in the world. Oh, my goodness. The original trophy was stolen in 1983. and never. Who, who would do that? I think that the, that the World Cup trophy should go to the uh, PGA Championship and the Wanamaker Trophy should become the new World Cup. What do you think? Can we get that deal done? That's a, that would be worth It needs to be a cup. Yeah, no? or at least a Clara jug. I mean, a jug cup. We're Some kind vessel of, the same. Yes. of liquid. Yes, i got to be able to drink out of it. Right. right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's hope that this cup is resting in the United States. This cup that's not a cup is resting in the United States when all this is said and done. Well, let's I'm, hope so. I'm glad that we all learned a little bit about geology here today on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Brian King, for uh, all your time and attention thanks, and that great pop quiz. Big thanks to our guest, Gus Johnson. And, of course, a big thank you to you for wearing that T-shirt well, and representing you. your humble university. We wish them best in, uh, in the Sun Belt Championship this weekend go trojans they're gonna get it done all right to watch full-length podcasts head to fox13news.com slash nodpod or hit that qr code that's on the screen right now you can subscribe on all the places where you get your podcasts itunes google play etc and of course you can find the show on the social media channels it's there too there there are clips and ways for you to find us if you have not found us by now well then who are we talking to there we go <laughs> thank you very thank you very much chris thank you for watching and until the next time we are on there are no waffles happy holidays man let's go get breakfast hungry